this, um, this last piece of the, of the Heroes series that we've been walking through um, is one that I have been, I've been looking forward to this moment um, almost a year, actually. This, this was a, a passage of Scripture that, um, that, that God brought into my life, that, that God spoke into me um, almost a year ago. It was for us, we've talked about it, the, um, the, the, the transition, the leaving of Colorado, the, the time of, of that like really intentionally listening to God and, and, and trying to understand what he was doing as we'd been part of a church that we loved, that we'd been part of this thing that God was doing in a community that we cared deeply about, and then God began to release us from that. And um, for some of us, we've been talking since April about what that has looked like when we came and visited and tried to still, at that point, we were still trying to make sense of God releasing us. Um, and then he showed us this place. Right? He showed us Birchridge and, and showed us what, what he was calling us to, showed us the community that he was inviting us to be a part of. And for us, it was, um, we had waited a long time to understand, you know, months of kind of that in-between time, not knowing where we were going to land, not knowing what God was doing, understanding that we had been released, that it would have been disobedient for us to stay and then this, this sense that God was calling us to this thing. And there was this season of, of tension for our family. There was a season where it was hard. Uh, there was a season where we were trying to make sense of things. And, and to be honest, it was a season where, where fear um, just crept in. Uh, there were, there were the, the reality of um, as a husband and a father, as a, as a spiritual leader for a community, as a kind of like tr- a person trying to sort out my sense of calling, all these things, and, and it's all happening, and um, what happened in that time of uncertainty was this sense of, of fear, right? This sense of, well, I'm not in control of this thing. I'm not, I'm not the one in charge, which was a good thing. It was formative for me to, to have to walk through that. But uh, in the midst of that, there were, there were just tough things that we walked through, right? I mean, anytime you have a transition, anytime you, you move, anytime you're having to say goodbye to people you care about, anytime that you know, all those things are happening, that, that there's, just, there's just layers to it. And um, it was in that, in that season when uh, there was, there's two of the stories that we've used in this hero series. One was the story of Daniel, where it's like, it's not, not just that I'm facing Goliath, right? That's David and Goliath. That's like the one big enemy, but it was like, there are so many things, right? There's so many things that, that would cause us to, to feel anxious, so many things that would cause us to feel a sense of fear. And it's like, it's not just one big, uh, like, giant facing us. It's all these things that could come at, my, come at us. Um, and then the other one was this story of Elisha. It was a story that God just brought to mind. It was a story that I wasn't overly familiar with. Some of you, this may be the very first time you hear this story. It's kind of like tucked in the Old Testament. It's a story that we don't talk about a lot in the church. Um, And yet, and yet it's such a powerful picture of not just one man's heroic actions. It's a story of God stepping in, a a story of a man trusting God and and, and understanding and, and getting a new perspective, getting a sense of what God is up to. But the reality is we're, a lot of us are in seasons of fear. Right? There are things that we're facing that we are not in control of. There are, there are things that, um, that have happened to us. There are situations that have come our way where it's like, I don't even know what to do. And when we start to have fear, the, the, the reality of fear is that fear is a very isolating thing. Right? Fear is this, this isolating reality where it's like I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it, but I'm not even sure I know how to, to even understand this thing. And so we have this sense that, that when we're afraid, we, we back off. Right? And sometimes when we're afraid, we back off of, of relationships with other people. We deal with the things we're afraid of. We deal with fear by just simply closing off ourselves to those around us. Sometimes, sometimes fear gives us a, this kind of like tunnel vision that all we can focus on is the thing that we're afraid of. Right? All we can see is the, is the battle that's in front of us. For some of us, we're walking through things where it's like everything I see, I see through the lens of the struggle that I'm in the middle of. Every moment, every conversation, everything that I'm doing has this, this over, like, kind of overarching sense of, of I'm afraid of something. 
right? Or I'm worried about this thing, or it's the battle that I'm facing. And it gives us this, this sense of tunnel vision that it's like that's all we can see, that we can't see anything else around us. We, we can't see the, 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 the other pieces in the peripheral. All we can see is the thing that we're facing. That fear not only gives us that sense, but as it isolates us, as, as fear gives us a sense of tunnel vision, then fear makes us feel like we are surrounded. Right? Fear makes us feel like, well, if this one thing is not going well, if this, if this one situation, this one battle that I'm facing, if this one thing that I'm not in control of, if this one thing that, that, I, that I'm facing that I'd rather not face, if that one thing is true, then, then everything else starts to look scary. Right? Everything else starts to look like something that would be, that would be fearful, that, that it gives us this sense because we're so focused on it, because we're so isolated because of it, that we get this sense that we are surrounded Right? We get this sense that we're surrounded, and that's the moment that we're, that we're, we're going to look at, the story of Elisha, this story of, of, a, of a man who was literally surrounded, right? this man who was literally surrounded by the enemy that, that had to sort out what do you do in response to that kind of moment, and a moment that would inspire great fear, and a moment that you are not in control of, and a moment that, that has every mark of the story is over, that this, this man lived well. Right? In this moment that mattered, this, this story is one that inspired me. So in, this, in the midst of fear, in the midst of uncertainty, God gave me this story. And I have looked forward to the moment where I could share this story with you. And my goal is to, to walk through this passage without crying like a baby. As, uh, it has meant so much to me. Uh, the songs that, were, that, that Julie put together for the worship set, they're all part of this, this season that, that God has walked us through. And it is just, for me, such a gift to be able to do this together. And then in verse 8 of 2 Kings chapter 6, it says this, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel, right? So after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place, right? It's kind of this vague sense of, uh, or vague terminology, because the, it's not about the specific location. It's not about even the specific time. It's the, the situation, Right, that when the story is being recorded, it's, it's a story of this battle that's happening. It's a story of this, this king at war with, with the Israelites, this king at war with, with the people of Israel. And so he's making plans, and he's gathering together with his, with his officers, and he's saying, I'm going to set up my camp here. I'm going to make these kinds of plans that, that's going to happen in this place. And then the man of God, right? We're talking about Elisha. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. He says, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are, are, are going down there. And so the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. And time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Right, here's these battles that are being faced. This, this battle that, that Israel is, is preparing to face, that, that this king is acting aggressively towards the people, and yet God is speaking to Elisha saying, this is where the battle is going to happen. Right, this is where the enemy is set up. This is the place that you need to be aware of. This is the place that, that has risk when you're going through this place. And this is a real story, right? This is one of those moments where we tend to look at this and it's like, well, that's a Bible story, right? We kind of like divide these things where it's like, well, God speaks to people like that in Scripture. God speaks to people like that in the Bible. This was a man that God spoke through. This was a king who was a real person, right? Who walked dusty streets, who, who dealt with those kinds of things. This was a real army that was facing off against a real people. And here is this God the God that we serve, the same God that, that cared for them then is the same God who cares for us now, the same God who leads us into battles now and speaks to Elisha and says, this is what's coming. All right, here's the battle. Here's where the, the battle is going to be fought. Here, here's where these, these things are happening. And, and for us to get a sense that it's not just a story, for us to get a sense that it's not just this kind of mythology or, or a sense that like, it's, it's a Bible story, but 
to understand that that powerful God, the God who's in control, the, the God who sees the battle before we see it, that can speak, that, that can lead in that kind of way, this God who's so much more powerful than we realize, is speaking to Elisha, giving him a sense of where the battle is going to happen. And so this king of Aram, uh, this enraged the king of Aram, and he summoned his, summoned his offers and officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? This is the king trying to make sense of this moment. The king trying to make sense of what's happening. The king trying to make sense of, of why every time he sets up what he thinks is the right battle, every time he thinks that, that he's established a strategic position that's going to kind of push back the, the, the people of Israel, is going to give him victory, that, that the, the opposing side seems ready. And so for this king trying to make sense of what's happening, this king who couldn't imagine the power of the God of Israel, this king who couldn't imagine the, what's actually happening, the, couldn't imagine the truth, says the only explanation could be that somebody is leaking, right? That somebody is telling the story, that somebody is, 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 is talking to the, the king of Israel and giving him a heads up, trying to make sense of this story. In verse 12, the officers respond. They say, none of us, my lord, the king, said one of the officers, but Elisha, the, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of the very words you speak in your bedroom. He doesn't mean specifically that the words they're speaking in his bedroom, but basically saying, Elisha, God is speaking to him, that there's this prophet that God speaks to, that, that even in the things that, that you speak in secret, even the things that, that, were, that are whispered among us, that, that these things that are being set up, these conversations that we're having, God is speaking to Elisha so that, so that the people are prepared. The sense that Elisha has a reputation, right? This sense that Elisha is this man of God, this sense that, that Elisha is connected with, with God in a way that, that is, is, is putting the battle in a lopsided kind of way, right? So this sets up the problem. Verse 13, so the king says, go, find out where he is so I can send men and capture him. This report came back. He's in Dothan. And so then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. Uh, and they went by night and they surrounded the city, right? Dothan is not this, this huge city. It's not this huge community. But this king is saying, um, in some ways, maybe he's trying to kill Elisha or maybe he's just trying to get Elisha on his side. If he can capture him, then maybe he can use him to, to be some sort of, of weapon for, for him to, to be able to get that kind of intel and that kind of information. But the king sends his forces, right? The king sends the army. Here is this, this man of God, right? He's not a warrior. He's not a person who's, who's prone to fighting. He's not someone who's, who's trying to establish this kind of like fighting kind of relationship. He's not trying to create an army. He's not trying to go into a battle. Here's this prophet that's in this small town and this, the, the king sends this overwhelming force to the city. This king sends this overwhelming force. They go by night and they surrounded the city. And so the next morning, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, verse 15, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Right? This looks like trouble. Right? This is one of those moments that the, the, the servant has a good sense of fear, right? That's a healthy sense of fear. You walk out and you can just imagine this moment, this, this small dusty town, this, this reality. The servant goes out and he's going about his morning work and, and goes and he sees that around them is an army, right? We've seen pictures of this and maybe in some movies, we've seen pictures of, of what this might look like to be surrounded by forces, to be surrounded by the horses and the chariots and the, and the soldiers and all those kinds of things. And, and here is this servant and, and here is this this man of God that, that's in this place, this small town that probably doesn't have an armed force that would be any kind of, of any kind of significance, that, that the situation looks completely hopeless. And so the servant speaks out of that fear. The servant speaks out of that sense of hopelessness and says, Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? 
the servant is asking a good question. The servant is asking the kind of question that we would be asking, saying, what is it that we would do in response to being surrounded, in response to, to believing and having a good sense that our story has probably just come to an end, that there is just no way forward, that, it, that, that the battle is so great, that the enemy is so large in number, that, that it's, it's a battle that's not just fought kind of like this way, but it's, it, it's fought surrounded. And so this servant starts to try and come up with a plan, and he can't even come up with anything. He can't think or imagine that, that there could be any kind of hope in this situation. But then Elisha speaks, right? And this is the hero moment. This is the moment where we say, what do we do when we are surrounded? How do we fight? What do we do in these kinds of moments? And Elisha says this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, right? This is the, the start of perspective, right? Don't be afraid, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha is beginning to speak this peace in the midst of fear. Elisha is beginning to speak perspective in the midst of fear. And so then Elisha prays. He says, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Right? A simple prayer, a simple prayer of, of, of God, give him perspective. Help him see what I see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Right, Elisha says, look, the, those who are on our side are greater than those who are against us. Right, we are surrounded, but we're surrounded by something more than what you realize. What looks like a hopeless situation, what look like, looks like a situation that, that's just nothing but fear, that's, that's nothing but hopelessness, They're, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And so the enemy came down toward him, and Elisha prayed to the Lord, right? This, this prayer as a battle, right, as, as, a, as a means of fighting. He says, strike this enemy with blindness. And so God struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. And then Elisha told them, this, this army that's now descending on this city, this, this situation that looks utterly hopeless, this situation that looks like there's, there's no chance for Elisha, that, that this, this hero moment, this, this story of a man with courage, of wisdom, of perspective, Elisha, speaks to this army that's been blinded by God. He says, this is not the road, and this is not the city, right? That's a bold move. That's a, here's this army, and, and you're saying, God, would you, would you strike them with blindness? God, I need you to fight for me. I need you to do, the, to do the work. There is no chance that if this battle is left up to me that I'm going to be successful. And so the, the army descends down. Elisha prays for God to fight on his behalf and then trusts that it's true, so much so that he continues to stand as the army descends on the city. And he speaks, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. This is a, a, a pretty comical moment, actually. Right? Here's the guy, he knows exactly who they're looking for. He knows exactly what's happening, but, but God has enabled him to, to fight a battle in, in a, on, a, on the grounds that, that they can't even imagine. And so Elisha then leads them to Samaria. Right? What a fascinating moment that, that then after they entered the city, verse 20, after they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. And then the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked, and there they were inside Samaria. Right, all of a sudden, the moment where the enemy realizes just how powerless they are. Right, all of a sudden, all of a sudden the opposition realizes just how hopeless the situation actually is, not for Elisha, but for them. Right, to recognize what they thought the battle was going to look like, the, the forces that they had amassed, the, 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 the battle lines that they had drawn, the way they thought this was going to play out was was just simply shown as foolishness as God worked in the way that only God can work. And it's so beautiful that Elisha gets this front row seat. 
Right? He gets the front row seat of the eyes being back, opened back up again, and they get this glimpse of, of a God who's far more powerful than they can imagine. That, uh, that a God who's fighting on Elisha's behalf, that, that, that's fighting and making the situation hopeless, not for Elisha, but for them. So, a year ago, about a year ago, I'm praying with the fears, right? Trying to wrestle my way through things that don't, that don't fully make sense yet. I didn't know the story. We're in the middle of a story. It's hard to not be fearful when you're in the middle of the story. It's so much easier once you know how the story is shaping up. And God gave me this story. And then God gave me this passage. It was this moment of, of like reading through scripture and a story pops out in a way that, that I had never read it with the kind of intentionality and the, and the kind of focus that I, I was able to see in that moment, just simply God bringing his word in, to, to life in my life. Right, and so I look, and here we are in this situation where it's like there are so many things that we're afraid of. Right? There are so many things that, that it's like, I just don't know what to do. There's, there's so many things where it's like I'm trying to fix stuff because that's how I'm wired. I'm trying to, to put together a plan. I'm trying to make sense of all these things. And, and here we are trying to, trying to do all the things, trying to fight all these battles and just realizing, God, it feels like I'm surrounded. All I can see is, is this struggle that's in front of me. All I can see is this thing that's, that's making me terrified. And God gives me this story. And then God gave me some wisdom along with the story that said, what would it look like? What would it look like to, to pray for my eyes to be opened? And I can remember moments and, and days where it was like, God, would you just show me that those who are on my side are greater than those who are in opposition? Right, God, would you show me that those things that I'm afraid of, those, those situations that I'm facing, that, that, that your heavenly hosts around me are greater than the things that make me scared? Right, or greater than the battles that we face, or greater than those things. And there was this beautiful reality that, that as I began to pray, as I began to pray that prayer consistently, there were situations that, that would come up. I, I, I would get phone calls from people who I hadn't talked to in like years. And they said, God has just placed you on my heart. And I just want to let you know I'm praying for you right now. Right, getting text messages from people that I hadn't seen in, in a couple years, and they're saying, I don't know why, but just want to let you know I'm praying for you right now in this specific moment. There were some of you as we began to move after we were, we were here in April, and, and God made it clear that this was our next step, that, that there were moments when I would get messages on, like Facebook Messenger or, or text message from some of you that they were like, for whatever reason, God has placed you on my heart right now and wanted to let you know I'm praying for you right now. And it was in this moment of like when I was surrounded Right, when I was in the midst of fear. And so, so here's this reality that, that, that God showed up. That God showed me that, that I was not alone. That, that there was not a sense of isolation because there were people around me. Right? It may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by more than just the enemy. The reality is this, that, that isolation, you talk of fear, you talk of situations, you talk of battles, you talk of struggles. The, the reality is isolation is rooted in a lie. This sense of, of isolation is rooted in a lie because the enemy wants us to be isolated, at least wants us to feel isolated, that, that if this, the opposing forces were trying to make it feel like we were hopeless, if, if the opposing forces were, were just simply trying to make it look like the battle wasn't worth fighting, that the story was over, that there was no way forward, that the best way to do that is to make us feel like we fight by ourselves that there's nobody on our side, that, that nobody would understand what we're going through, that, that nobody, even if they knew what we were going through, would even want to step in and be a part of what was going on. That isolation, this, this thing that we seem to think is the reality that, that we're facing, this, this sense that, that isolation is our reality, is isolation is rooted in a lie. The enemy wants to isolate us. And then isolation is, is it's a lie and it's toxic. 
as we start to walk through things, as we start to deal with the battle, as we start to, to fight, as we start to move forward, the reality that if we think we're fighting by ourselves, it's toxic. Right? We are called to community. We're called to connection. Isolation is rooted in a lie. And so, so we pray. So we pray for opened eyes. There's these two prayers where Elisha prays in this story that, that eyes would be opened. The first is for his servant to see the heavenly hosts, to see that those who are on his side are greater than those who are in opposition, greater than the battle, greater than the struggle, greater than, than, than the situation that seems utterly hopeless, that, that the God on his side, that the heavenly hosts, that, that those who are on their side are, are, are greater than those who are in opposition. That this is, it's a prayer of perspective. Right? It's a prayer that says, God, would you show me? God, I can't believe it in some ways that, that when, when I put it on paper, when I write all the things that I'm afraid of, when I write all the things that I'm facing, when I, when I write the kind of battle that I'm, that I'm up against, I look at this situation, I look at it and say, there's just no hope. And what we see in this story is this sense of perspective. What we see in this story is an invitation to, to, to look at that, to, to take stock of what we're facing, to take stock of the battle, and then say, God, would you show me? God, would you show me what's true because this feels like a lie? God, would you show me because this lie is so easy to believe because it isolates me and it sets me apart and it puts me in a position that feels like it's utterly hopeless. God, would you reveal the lie? God, would you show me what's true? Would you show me that I'm not by myself? Would you show me that I'm not alone? Elisha prays for opened eyes, for the, for the servant to see the heavenly host, and he prays for opened eyes for the enemy to see their defeat. Elisha fought a battle. Elisha faced an enemy that he could not conquer on his own. And yet how powerful, how formative, how transformative in this moment for Elisha's story, for God to give Elisha the kind of moment that, that he gets this front row seat of the enemy being afraid. Right? He gets to see the enemy's eyes open and, and they realize that they're the ones in trouble, not Elisha. That it's not just that, the, that God sent the enemy away, but he allowed Elisha to have a front row seat to the moment. Right, for some of us, we face things that, that we know we can't defeat on our own. We know that there's, no, that there's no hope if it's just up to us. But how beautiful to be able to see this story, to say, what does it look like for us to hold on to God, for us to, to trust our way through these, these difficult situations to the point where we see the opposition realize their defeat? To have a front row seat for these opened eyes of, of, of God at work fighting for us. Isolation is rooted in a lie. We pray for opened eyes, and we are surrounded. Right? And that sounds like bad news, the way we understand surrounded. But that sounds like a hopeless situation. It sounds like this thing that, that, that we, we couldn't deal with, that, that we know what surrounded feels like. We know what surrounded means for the way we typically use the term. We know what this is like. But we are surrounded not just by opposition, not just by forces that we can't defeat, not just by forces that come our way and, and overcome us and make us feel hopeless, but, but we are literally surrounded by heavenly hosts, that those who are on our side are greater than those who are in opposition to us. That part of the value of what we do on a Sunday morning, part of the value of what we do when we gather together in small groups, part of the value of what we do when we do life together, when we sit across coffee, having coffee with each other, talking through the battles that we face, allowing others to speak into and give perspective to us, the, the value, the value of understanding who's around us, 
value of community in the midst of these moments that we may not get to see the chariots and the fire, right? We may not get to see those things, but God can reveal himself through his people. God, we can pray and we can say, God, would you show me that I'm not alone? Would you show me that this battle is, is one that you can bring me through? Would you show me that I'm surrounded, not by the enemy, but by those who are on my side? To entrust these moments to community, to entrust the battle to community. And so this morning we're invited to fight battles, right? For some of us, that invitation is a, is a it's an icky feeling, right? Because we know what that battle looks like, right? When we, we, we talk of the battles, for some of us, these, these, this, this concept of, of the fight, this concept of, of what's coming our way, it inspires a deep sense of fear, right? There's very specific things. I know in this community, in this moment, there are some specific battles that we're fighting, but the question is, how will we fight? We fight, we fight in community, not in isolation, right? That we fight in community and, and not in isolation, that we fight with a sense of perspective, that we fight saying, God, would you show me who's around me? God, would you show me the people that, that you've put in place to, to help get me through this situation? To recognize that when we fight in community, that, that, that sometimes, sometimes we're in Elisha, Right? That, that we get to speak hope to someone, that we can say, look, you have to understand, if you could just see who's around you, that we have these beautiful moments where we get to say, look, if you could just see who's surrounding you, if you could just see who's on your side, if you could just get a glimpse of what that could look like, and we're, we're sitting in conversation with somebody, and they're trying to make sense of the story, they're trying to make sense of the battle, and we get to speak hope. We get to say, look, it may look hopeless, you have to understand that, that, that there is more going on here than you can perceive. There's, there's more on your side than you can realize. Sometimes we get to be an Elisha. Sometimes, sometimes we're the servant and we need the Elisha speaking to us. Right? Sometimes we need an Elisha that will say, there are, there, there are forces on your side that are greater than the forces that are in opposition. That we fight in community, not in isolation. That we fight our battles, that we fight the things that we face we fight surrounded, right? We fight surrounded. We, we go into the battles with the confidence, the, 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 the war that we're fighting, the struggles that we're facing, the, the situations that we're called to overcome, that we're called into, that, that we fight those battles. We fight them surrounded, right? Protected. That, the, that we recognize that, that we're not on our own. That we fight in community, not in isolation. We fight surrounded and we fight in prayer. We see Elisha waging the weapon of prayer as he's in connection with God, as he's, as he's bolstering the courage of the, of the man that was standing with him. To recognize that Elisha's prayer didn't make God show up, right? It wasn't Elisha praying, God, would you show up? God, would you just be here with me because I feel like I'm surrounded and I, and I feel like there's no hope and I, and I wish that you would just show up. But, but Elisha's prayer revealed that God's forces were around him, that, that Elisha's prayer revealed to the servant that God was already there, that God was already at work, that, that the forces on their side were greater than the forces that were in opposition, that, that the prayer revealed God's presence, not, not brought God's presence. It wasn't Elisha commanding God to show up. This was Elisha realizing that God was already there, that Elisha knew that he was there. It showed that God was already there. And so this morning, we have a beautiful opportunity as we gather in worship to fight in community, right? To fight surrounded and to fight in prayer. And we're gonna do something we've done one other time that I know, I know that some of us are facing battles. 
And I see the prayer requests. I pray with you over things. I, I hear the stories. I know there are things, and I know there are things that are, that are yet unspoken. This morning, we have an opportunity to be surrounded. We have an opportunity to, to gain perspective. And so if there is something that we talk of the battle, we speak, in, and sometimes it feels like a little bit of an abstract kind of term, but when we speak it and we talk about the struggle, when we talk about the battle, it's like, I know what that is for me. Right? I know what I'm facing. I know what's coming my way. If you would just have the courage to raise your hand, say, I'm fighting a battle. Right? It feels like I'm surrounded. I feel like the, that the struggle is, is utterly hopeless. If you could have the courage to just simply raise your hand. See them around. Church, look around. Keep your hands up if you would. Keep your hands up. Guys, this is our moment to surround right, to reveal and to show. And so if look around. If there's a hand near you, just come around. We're going to spend some time praying over each other. Raise your hand. Let's make sure that there's no raised hand that isn't surrounded. Get, your hand, get around people. We don't have to, we're not asking you to tell the story. We're not asking you to, to, to reveal what, what the struggle actually is. We're giving an opportunity. We're giving an opportunity for you to feel, to feel surrounded. So, so let them hear you pray if you're comfortable with that. Pray together. You are surrounded.